You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. Good morning, everyone. As Rich said, I don't know what to say. Happy Christmas. Happy New Year. It seems a bit early. I'm just going to get rid of some of this stuff. Um, it's great to be with you. My name is Mark, one of the leaders here at Redeemer. If we haven't met, it's great to see you this morning. And obviously, I'm going to be talking about 2018. Uh, so I'd like to see a show of hands. Has anyone this year celebrated a big birthday? So I'm thinking 50, 40, 21, 18. All right, we've got a f- 21, Pete's 21. Uh, fantastic, we've got a few in the room. Has anyone celebrated a uh, milestone in their uh, tenure of being married? Anyone done 10 years, 20 years, one year? It's good. <laughs> I don't know what's going on over here. Um, how has your 2018 been? Um, we've got one more day left of the year, and then it's all over. And we'll start 2019 on Tuesday. And as I ask you, how has your year been, I know that it will immediately evoke different emotions in you. Some of you will immediately smile. Some of you will frown. Some will think, I, don't, I thought we were in January. don't know what's going on. Different events over the past year will have had lasting memories, both good and bad. And this morning we're going to focus on giving thanks, giving thanks for 2018, giving thanks for what we've done, what God's done in our life, and giving thanks for his goodness. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. It said, I read an article this week, British people are said to say thank you more than any other nationality. Apparently, I mean, very detailed research has gone into this, uh, we say thanks one in every seven opportunistic times. So if somebody does something to you, you say thanks one in every seven times. Um, according to the research, so please don't be offended, um, the least thankful nation are uh, the Russians. They only say thanks one in 20 times that they have the opportunity. I'm just re- telling you what I read. Um, so I thought I'd, I'd do a little show of hands. Put your hands up if you say thanks to someone if they bring you a drink. Any, any context. Thanks to someone if they bring you a drink. Hey, have a drink. You'd say thanks. Okay. Put your hands up if you would say thanks to someone when they let you out of a junction in your car. Most people would. Most people would. I'm like, nah. Put your hands up if you say thanks to the bus driver as you get off the bus. Off the bus. Nah, see. A few few yeses. Abby is a stickler for this. I mean, we'll be getting off at the back exit of the bus and she'll be like, thanks driver! He doesn't care. Put your hands up if you say thanks to Amazon when they deliver you a package. Oh, a few. All right. Very good. I mostly miss the Amazon guy. I almost never see him. This week we were staying uh, with a bunch of family, all of Abby's family, and uh, no, we still get your hand up. Well, I was, it was deliberately ambiguous. Thanks for being a part of it. This week we were away with family, loads of Abby's family got together, there were 25 of us on Christmas Day, and uh, we've got two little nieces, Phoebe and Naomi, and they were amazing at saying thank you to every single thing that anyone gave them, whether it was dinner or pudding or a cake or a present, they had impeccable manners, said thank you every time without being prompted, uh, sitting next to Levi and Zachary, our two, we were like, what are you going to say, what do you say, <sighs> do, <laughs> they needed a lot of prompting. 
<laughs> so, this morning we're going to be thinking about, do we need prompting in thanking Jesus for what he's done for us? Socially, we have different things about what we expect people to say thank you for, hence the, the joke about the British, the Italians, were right up there, by the way. Um, I wonder if we approach God in the same way. I wonder if we approach God in the same way. Do we, are we used to saying thanks to God for things, and are there things that we just let slide? This morning is about looking back 2018 at God's faithfulness and saying, God, you have been good to me this year. God, these are amazing things that you have done for me this year. Thank you for what you've done to me, or for me. I'm also going to be saying thank you for what we know you're going to do for us in 2019 and beyond. We're going to read from the Bible. Um, We're going to read from Luke 17. We're going to read a story of gratitude uh, in the Bible. It's a short story. Many of you will have heard it. Um, It's called Jesus Heals Ten Men with Leprosy. I'm going to read from... Luke 17, it's verses 11 to 19, if you want to follow along. I'm going to read it from the screen because my version is different. I don't want to confuse you. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Wow. Just nine verses, and Jesus has done so much for those ten people in just such a short story. Let me give you a little context to what's going on here. Um, This is one of the worst diseases of the day, leprosy. It isn't something we typically come across in modern Britain, although you will be familiar with skin diseases and skin rashes. But leprosy itself attacks the body, attacks nerve endings, leading to more of the body and entire limbs to simply fall off. In those days, and today, the smell would have been unbearable, and in those days, people with leprosy would have had to shout, unclean, unclean, wherever they walked, to make sure that people didn't accidentally touch them or get near them if they were walking around. Typically, they wouldn't be allowed in the towns or villages. They wouldn't be allowed in, and they would be banished from their community, wouldn't be allowed to see their families, wouldn't be allowed to see... Anyone that they knew had little protection, um, but it wasn't uncommon for them to group together outside of town walls, outside of villages, uh, just to get a bit of solidarity and a little bit of protection uh, as a group. And in this group, it says that they were both Jews and, um, uh, and Samaritans um, working together in that group, living together, uh, which would have been rare. We wouldn't have done that in the town. In those days... Um, the priest had a slightly different role, and I think we should talk to Pete about this afterwards. It was slightly of a public health official role uh, where the priest would say whether or not the leper had been healed or not. Because aside from the pain, there was also uh, emotional pain that they'd been separated from their families. But they wouldn't be allowed to be back with their families unless the priest gave them the all clear. Unless the priest said, you've been healed, you can go back into your community. 
So what it says in the, in the passage, Jesus says, go and show yourselves to the priest. And at that point, there's no indication that those men had been healed. They were healed on their way to go and see the priest. The miracle happened as these men started to walk in faith and follow the command of Jesus. We know what happened at the end of the story, but they did not. While Jesus' instruction to them wasn't difficult, it still required that they trust Jesus. The ten lepers first obeyed Jesus, and the miracle followed subsequently. God expects us to act on his truth. He expects us to act and obey him and trust him for the rest. The process through which God changes his children, us, we are children of God, changes us into loving, gracious, prayerful, Jesus-following people is faith-filled. The goal is that Jesus, uh, we follow Jesus first and trust him for the results. That is the walk of faith. One commentary I read puts it like this. You cannot wait until all the problems are over to begin your walk of faith. You cannot say, I'm just going to wait until I have enough money to start tithing. You can't say, I'm going to wait until I'm holy enough to get baptized. You can't put conditions on God. You can't say, I'm going to wait until I get the big car to start giving people lifts. I'm going to wait until I get the big house to start hosting people for dinner. You can't put conditions on God. God says, love me first, despite what you have with your talent, your money, your resources. Love me first, despite the illnesses, despite the loneliness. Love me first. This is the nature of God. There aren't any conditions on us being thankful. There aren't any conditions on us being thankful. He will give us the opportunity to be thankful no matter what your 2018 has been like, where there seems to be no motivation for being thankful. If you only praised God when it was all going well, when it was the best circumstances, it wouldn't be faith. It would be more like a service transaction, more like when Abby gets off the bus. Would Abby thank the bus driver if he'd taken us to the wrong place? Probably not. Some of you will think, well, I don't thank anyone who I pay. We don't treat God like that because he has done so much for us. That is the nature of God. There aren't conditions on us being thankful. At some point, some of you will be thinking about difficult circumstances that you may have been through in the past year. A room of 100 people, we would have lost loved ones. We would have lost jobs. We would have gone bankrupt. There will be people in this room who have had torrid years. Look to Jesus at this point. The lepers in the story had been living outside the village, outside of their humanity, uh, outside of their friends, their relationships. We don't know for how long, but they looked to Jesus as he walked along the road and they shouted out to him, Jesus, Jesus, hear us. 2018 has been a huge year of thankfulness for Abby and I. A year ago on this service on New Year's Eve, we stood up and we shared about God's goodness through an awful time of us losing a baby at 18 weeks the month before. We shared about the things we were thankful to God for even during that tragedy. And we started 2018 wondering if it was worth the pain of trying at all again. But God was with us through this 2018. And some of you will know we were miraculously blessed to have a baby 11 weeks ago. And we have a ton to be thankful to Jesus for. I feel like God would say to all those who were dreaming of something in 2018 that didn't happen, 
remember God's goodness, and be thankful in the difficult times. Be thankful in the work of God's goodness. The Samaritan that came back, um, yeah, the Samaritan that came back to Jesus um, was valuing the healer, not the healing. He was valuing Jesus first and foremost. He recognized that Jesus was the was the most important thing of this story. Those who truly follow Jesus will embrace Him as their greatest value. We've got to keep a strong grip on the giver and a loose grip on the gift. So whatever. God has given us, we've got to keep a strong grip on him and a loose grip on the, give, on the gift itself. The gift is a blessing to be used for kingdom advance, to be used for his glory. But the giver, God, is the one of ultimate value. Are we aligned with God's vision for our own life? And as those who follow him, our greatest joy will be found when we live lives of faith. When we live lives... Um, putting God first, and not focusing on the blessings themselves, but focusing on him, and pursue the work that we were created to do. Back in 2003, I went on a mission trip to Cuba with a charity called Latin Link, and if I ever get a chance over dinner, let me tell you the story of when I killed a snake, because it's an amazing story. Um, I'm not going to do that now. Um, I'd been, I was only 18, and I'd been a Christian uh, all my life, but Looking back, I realized how immature I was as a Christian back then. The trip changed my life in terms of being thankful to God and being aware of what he has done for me. There was a dictator called Fidel Castro who was still overseeing Cuba at that time, and Westerners had to have a special visa to be there. There were 10 of us in the group. We had this special missionary visa to be there. And when we came to leave, it became very apparent very quickly that we had drastically outstayed our welcome because our visa was about seven days and we've been there about seven weeks. And I can only describe it as an administrative cock-up by someone back in the UK that this had happened. (laughs) But it was very much still a place where tourists could get um, fined and put in prison for all sorts of odd stuff. Um, And it's quite a scary position to be in when you're standing in front of the authorities and they're going, well, you're not allowed to be here. You're not allowed to be here. You shouldn't be here. And eventually they told us it was going to cost $500 per person to fix the error. 5000 between the ten of us. $5,000 which we just did not have. It was a charity trip. We didn't have $5,000. We were an absolute loss and we had no other option but to pray. So imagine the scene. We're in the big departures lounge trying to get through immigration and we sat in a circle and we prayed. And... Long story short, we were probably doing it for about 20 minutes. The flight time is getting closer and closer, and we're wondering um, who's got the richest dad that we can call. (laughs) Time's ticking away, and eventually an officer comes and taps Ben, who's the leading the group, on the shoulder and says, "Um, bring your group with me. I said, okay. And he took us through a side door, bypassed immigration, and put us straight in the departure lounge by the gate. And I have no other explanation for it other than it was some sort of angel. I honestly believe that God took us the other side of the immigration. I never got the exit stamp. I left the country with the wrong, no exit stamp in my passport. And how much did we have to thank God for at that point? My gosh, did we thank God. We sat in another circle by the gate and thanked God very loudly. It was only God that got us through. And we were thankful to him. Thankfulness is a huge part of worship. 
Thankfulness is a huge part of worship. Back in the Bible, one of, only one of the men came back to Jesus and praised God for what he had done. He was thankful and he was public about it. He was loud. One commentary I read said um, he was loud because he'd only been used to shouting at people as they walked past him in the, on the door of the village. I don't know if that's true. But he was loud. It said he fell at his feet and worshipped. Do we publicly acknowledge God for what he's done in our lives? When Abby was healed of um, gluten intolerance a few years ago, we found it incredibly hard to tell our non-Christian friends what had happened. To publicly acknowledge God for what he'd done in our lives in transforming things that had happened. It's an amazingly uh, short application of what's going on here. This week, take time to acknowledge what God has done in your life. Take time to be thankful. We've all had Christmas and we've got New Year coming this week. It's a busy time. But don't miss the opportunity to be thankful and be loud about it. Be loud about what God has done in our lives. Commit this week to do it. It is a part of our worship, is to be thankful. So many of the songs we've sung this week and other weeks is is about being thankful to God. Make sure your thankfulness leads to action. Where are the other nine, Jesus asked. Where are the other nine? He sounds indignant. I imagine him to be indignant at that point. Jesus never told them to come back and thank him. All he said was go and see the priest. He never told them to come back and be thankful to him, but he expected it. What kind of action is Jesus looking for from us? What kind of action is he looking for from you and me? What has God's Holy Spirit been urging us, urging you to do this last week or this year? What did he say to you at the beginning of 2018 and you get to the end and you're like, I didn't do it. What has he been urging us to do? Has God been tugging at your, your heartstrings, some sort of step of faith? Is there a family member, a friend, a stranger in need of help this year? Is this something you should have been compelled to do? Our spirit of thankfulness should last a lifetime. We shouldn't be sitting here this morning thinking, thank you God for a great 2018. Please give me another great 2019. No, we should, be thinking, uh, we should be standing here singing his praises for what he has done in eternity. We know what he has done. We know he has won the battle for us. A lifestyle of thankfulness is a lifestyle of wellness. This is the last, the last point. Your faith has made you well. It's mentioned a few times in the Bible. I'm going to give you a couple of other examples. In Mark 5, Jesus says, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. There was the story of the blind beggar. He uses exactly the same phrase. Luke 18. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And in this story of the ten lepers. Luke 17. And he said to him, rise and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Jesus links faith and healing many times. Everyone who Jesus wanted to heal was healed. Let's be very clear about that. Sometimes he healed those who expressed their faith in him. And he made a point of emphasizing their heart at the time. Your faith has made you well. Other times, he is merciful and he heals people who had no faith. And brings, them, brings those people to him later. I can't answer why some were healed and why some weren't. But I can say that Jesus links faith and healing many times. Those who truly follow Jesus will embrace him as their greatest value. They will love him over the gift. 
as I said earlier, keep a loose grip on the gift and a very tight grip on the giver. In Matthew, Jesus heals another man of leprosy simply by reaching out and touching him. We had a word about it in the prayer meeting this morning. The touch of the loving hand was craved more than the healing itself, more than the uh, quenching of the thirst, more than, more than the food of, to uh, stop the hunger. He was craving love of Jesus. And Jesus reached out and touched him, and he was healed. And this is where we can get excited here in Redeemer at the end of 2018, because there is nothing that we hold too big that Jesus can't restore. There is no, no scar that we have from this year that Jesus can't restore us from. No sin that we've done makes us unlovable in his eyes. No sin that we've done makes us unlovable in his eyes. He wants us just to come back to him and say thanks. Fall at his feet and worship him. Because that is the only thing we have to do. Nothing we've said this year prevents us from him loving us. Nothing we've done. The healing miracle here is not one of the skin, but one of our souls. God loves us. And for that, we should be so thankful here this morning. God loves us, no matter what we've done, no matter what we've said, no matter what we will say in 2019. The healing of our souls is the real miracle. And for that, we are so thankful. We're actually going to take an opportunity now to say thanks to God in a different way. Um, I'm hoping Edward's going to get some cards He's got some thank you cards. They're prayer cards. We're going to give one to everyone. I'm going to take a minute. I'd like you to take this seriously. What we've been singing about this morning, what I've been talking about, is about putting God first and being thankful to him for what he has done in our lives. God has done some great things in your life this year. If you can't think of anything God has done great in your year, then take the opportunity to thank him for simply saving us through sending his son. Just write that down. I'd like you all to take a minute. Um, if you're not a Christian here this morning and, this, uh, and you don't want to partake, then that's absolutely fine. Um, but I'm going to give an opportunity. I'm going to give a minute or two for everyone to write one or two things that God has done for them this year to be thankful for in 2018. And in a minute, we're going to have time to pray. In a minute, we're going to thank God by singing and taking communion. And we're going to have the prayer team as normal. And I would encourage you this morning. We just heard a whole story about Jesus healing ten lepers. If you have something on your body that you want healed, then let's pray for it this morning. Because we know that Jesus has the power to heal. I don't believe that it was a a parable in the sense Jesus made it up. I believe this really happened in a real town somewhere near the border of Galilee. Take a minute, write down something that you are thankful to God for, take it seriously, and then we're going to worship him again in a moment.